This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hello and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. I'm Tom Ruich and today's episode is called How to Make Your Business Grow Without Being a Braggy Big Shot Bro. As always, I'll kick off today's episode with a story before I introduce today's guest. A few weeks back, I saw a video on Facebook by a marketer named Victory Akpos. The video began with a camera panning across his well-appointed bedroom. Victory strolls into the frame, sits on his king-size bed, ties his fashionable shoes, and then marches from his room down the stairs and out the front door of his large, modern two-story house we get to see a lot of the fancy square footage. He gestures back to his house and says, hey guys, this is my home. As you can see, it's not the Playboy Mansion. That's a cute touch, I guess. It's maybe his way of saying I'm rich, just not filthy rich. He then points out his fancy ass Range Rover SUV, not a Maserati, so I guess that's something. And then Victory tells us he's quote, keeping it real and that he's showing us this stuff because he wants people to, quote, see for themselves that they can earn a substantial amount of money legitimately if they listen to him and buys what he's selling. Here's the funny thing about that, especially that word legitimately. I once got an email from Victory Octopus with the subject line saying, receipt for PayPal payment. Several, several weeks before that, I bought an inexpensive software application from one of Victory's companies. I couldn't understand why Victory sent a receipt now, weeks before, or excuse me, weeks after my purchase. And I worried that maybe I had accidentally signed up for something I didn't want. So I opened the email and found a screaming in my face pitch for another product. A receipt? Nope. This was just a trick to get me to open the email. How's that for legitimate? So I scrolled to the bottom of the rotten email and I opted out. You know that old song, breaking up is hard to do? Well, this was not hard. Couldn't have been easier. Scroll and click, opt out, bye-bye victory, we're finished. I don't like to be tricked, especially when the trick fuels anxiety, as in, oh no, did I accidentally sign up for something I didn't mean to buy? And I don't trust tricksters, especially those who already connected with me and who already have some of my money. And I don't like marketers who show me their fancy houses and expensive cars and tell me that they're keeping it real as they claim all these riches can be yours. Trust. It's a big deal in marketing. Work hard to earn it. Work harder not to squander it. 
Some marketers don't care about that. For them, it's all about quantity, not quality. And their approach, mislead the masses and upset a few. No big deal, they think. There are plenty of suckers out there who won't notice or won't care. I'll sell to the suckers. You don't need to market like that. If you need to trick people to open your email, your content probably wasn't worth reading in the first place. And if you need to brag about all the riches you've earned, the value of your content and offerings is not speaking for itself. You could attract new clients and build your business without the tricks and without being a braggy big shot. Provide real value by creating relevant, informative, entertaining content and building meaningful human relationships with your ideal prospects. My guest today, Kat Stancic, is all about that. And like me, she's not very fond of marketers like Victory. She calls them bro marketers. Kat is the ultimate unbro. Known as the lead boss, Kat supports time-crunched expert service providers to create a process to predictably fill their pipeline, free up their time, and hit their revenue targets without fancy funnels or complicated tech, and definitely without those puffed-up bro marketing claims. Kat Stanzik, welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. Thank you for having me. Oh, what a great story. I mean, what a horrible story, but what a great example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I, and I've gotten to know you a bit over the last little while, and I've heard you mention on multiple occasions, bro marketers. When you're, you're offering up an example of, of what you consider to be an effective way to do it, and you, you, you juxtapose that against what you call the bro marketers. Talk to us about your definition of bro marketing and uh, the, the other side of the coin. Yeah. I mean, I was, the story was just missing the stripper wife with a you know pile of cash, AK forty seven, ready to light the cigar. Right, that's just what the the pièce de résistance, right, that, that <laughs> carry on top of the story was missing. Um, I'm surprised, right? It wasn't there. Part two, right? So yeah. <laughs> that's when you really level. I'll up. have to go. That video is probably out there somewhere. You know, right. we'll, I'll go look for it. So bro marketers, it's, I mean, there's so many different strategies, but really it's the energetic feeling that you're feeling less than, uh, you're feeling pushed, you're feeling hurried. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just this fake scarcity. It's the manipulation. It's using NLP in a way that it wasn't intended to be used. Um, it, it's just this forcing, like you said, it's a quantity play. It's really just delivering as far as a sales call. So it's very much looking at people at valuing the transaction versus the relationship. And I tend to look at it from the other way, which is valuing the relationship, knowing that the transaction is a timing aspect that will happen when, oh, I don't know, the person who's a human being, who's probably able to make some decisions in their business, will get to the conclusion that you are or are not the right person to get support from. Yep. So, yeah, um, not a fan. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so we've talked, we both use that word relationships, making yes. those personal human connections with people. And you are all about finding ways to do that, finding ways to make those connections mm. with the world out there, with your ideal prospects. And how do you put yourself out there in a way that you're 
not overlooked that you're to use your term to transition from being overlooked to fully booked what what are the keys to get out there and begin to build those human relationships so i think you know no strategy is doesn't like all these strategies work they've been around for years and years decades ever since i mean they were working offline they're working online and i think a lot of people don't understand is that what's happened is is the bros have kind of overtaken when it comes to the digital marketing space right and so people come into the space and they think oh this is just how it's done and the problem is is that it's actually not it's not how it's done they have taken the strategies that have worked over time to build relationships and they focus on the pitch so they hyper focus on how do i get someone buying instead of hyper focusing on driving the value so that someone has an empowered decision process versus that reluctant experience of well i guess i have to because if i don't buy then clearly i'm a loser and i'll never succeed without this person's insights and support which probably isn't actually going to be there which is a whole other platform that i'm going to yell about um right. but yeah it's it's really about building community it's about creating an ecosystem where you are the hub that allows not just people to come to you but to connect with each other so we're always looking for that community where there's that higher caliber person and you know it happens at every stage of business so whether you're, you're brand new in business you want to find those people who can really support each other and not just a community of the blind leading the blind because i've been in that program too um the guru from the mountaintop thing so <laughs> again another platform to like talk about so but really looking at how are you building community around you and and enabling people to feel empowered just by being in your presence because then imagine what would happen when you actually worked with that person. So that's the big key that I think a lot of people are missing. It's why Facebook groups really worked for a while. But the problem is, is that then people are all looking at the quantity. I'm, I want 60,000 people in my group, 70,000, however many. And it's just a community of pitchy peats of one person trying to one up the next person and people really stepping over the quality aspect of things instead of what the bros look at is the numbers in terms of these magic manipulated you know kind of vaporware numbers of yeah so like you know i have this many people and this many bought well the likelihood is that the reason you made that much money is because they're actually buying from each other they're actually changing programs and buying at a high level because they are masterminding at a high level with each other inflating their numbers and creating this magic math that then make people feel like oh well if i don't get into this like there's clearly this black box of business and i don't know how to get to the other side of success and I'm here to say that you have so much more control in your business than you're giving yourself credit for. Yeah, amen to that. And, and you talked about building community. You use the term fireworks experience. And yes. The, the idea of the fireworks experience is the thing that draws people in where they find value. Talk to us about examples of fireworks experiences that maybe you create. Yes. Well, so a lot of times these are strategies that people are leveraging for the most part in their business. And what's happened is, is that they're using the wrong approach or strategy or tactic, if you will, as part of the overall thought process and what they're trying to achieve. So um, the most important thing to remember is actually three parts. One, what are your strengths? What is it that you really love doing? Because I see a lot of people trying to make a lead gen strategy work for them that they hate. So I'm super shocked when they're not doing it. Like, you know, 
And then the other piece that a lot of people don't look at is how does your audience actually engage and consume content online? If you're someone who loves video, right? And so you love putting on these huge production things. And so you're like all excited about a five day challenge and you're working with fortune 100 CEOs, they ain't got time for that. They're not mm -hmm. going to show up multiple hours every day over the course of what one and a half weeks. Cause we know there's always a bonus day. Um, to be able to consume content and then take action. No, 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 You have to align your strengths with what they like to consume and what is that strategy that aligns those things together. So I have 12 firework experiences that I talk about and there's always others, but they kind of fit underneath the same bucket. Now the bottom five, and I put them at the bottom is because they're high production cost, meaning an in-person retreat. If you go from, I want to do an in-person retreat to putting it on in three weeks, the likelihood of you selling that out and getting, you know, let's say a dozen people there is pretty slim to none, unless you have a hugely established audience, which is not the case for 99% of the people out there. So instead I focus on the top seven, which go from concept to market in three weeks. Most people, they take forever to get something done because they allow for that. I don't allow for that, <laughs> not in my program. So basically it's how do you go from just basically needing a couple of emails and maybe an opt-in page at most in terms of a complicated tech and then really getting to what's most important, which is having the conversation. Now, a lot of people, they have these little sparklers. They do this thing. Maybe they try it once. They don't do it again. Right. I've done that. <laughs> but what would a firework experience look like? And the key word here is the experience. It's not just how good was your pitch, because that's about you. How good was the invitation? How good was the setup to the event? How good was the event in and of itself? How good was the experience after the event? What was the value that you drove? This is that client journey, but in a smaller time frame with a focused strategy to start the conversation, which is where most people get stuck. So I'll pause there because I will go on and on. <laughs> no, 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 no. That that makes uh, that makes great sense. And and you know I appreciated how you answered that question because I started by saying, "Hey, share with us one of your fireworks experiences." Which I will. And <laughs> and you you pivoted a little bit into you know here are some of the the things to consider. Do the things mm -hmm. you know that you like to do. If you you know if you're not comfortable with video, don't make a fireworks experience that was that is all about video, but the, the fundamental qualities of what you're talking about are you're not sitting up on a mountaintop from on high and doing the, I'm the guru telling mm -hmm. you what you need to know bit. You are creating experiences where everybody is participating. People yeah. are connecting, people are finding value from that. I have attended uh, one of the things that you do, which is a um, monthly uh, um, networking event for podcast, aspiring podcast guests and podcasters. Connect, find people who might want to be on your podcast, find people who might want you on their podcast. And the one that I attended uh, recently, I don't know, there were 30 people in the room, maybe close to so the last one I did, there was 60 and you might have attended the one before that where there was like 40. Yeah. So yeah. they're, they're getting pretty big, um, yeah. in terms of the people attending and the, and all that. And then the breakout rooms, I, there was like 15 breakout rooms or something like that. So, yeah. And, yeah. and it was a great experience. And so you're offering that for free and without mm -hmm. sort of giving away the whole 
the whole process. Tell us sort of where that fits for you in your in your business growth strategy and your lead gen strategy. Yeah, so that's a key player in terms of me building community and adding value. So my philosophy is usually when someone has a good experience with you, they're likely to invite someone else. So I'm gonna take it a step back because I really want people to understand. So a lot of, at least my people, um, and a lot of people in the world typically come from who are entrepreneurs now come from this at least professional or corporate experience. And so we all remember that person, whether it was a customer or your boss knocking on your door, where's the report? I need you at this meeting. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. So that's what we're experiencing a lot online when it comes to pitchy Pete sliding into your DMs. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Right. I don't know why you didn't wake up this morning wanting, not wanting to pay a random stranger $10,000 because they asked for it. I mean, it's absolutely what everybody should be doing right so that's not how that works and so instead what if your boss your colleague someone who you had some relative connection to came to you and said hey i've got these tickets to the pink concert want to come with me what happens then assuming that you like pink and now we all see if you're watching the video that i kind of look like her she looks like me so <laughs> what happens is. then is an energetic shift and what i mean is that now someone who maybe has kids is gonna get a babysitter to come to this thing. Someone whose car's in the shop is gonna be willing to invest in an Uber. Uh, the Uber's not available, they're gonna go and find a way to the metro station, right? They're gonna start getting creative because it's something that's a value that they want to come to. Not that they feel like they're gonna miss out on something, but they're actively participating in the experience. And that's the piece that's missing from a lot of strategies. Whether you're doing webinars, masterclasses, in-person events, um, writing articles. I mean, all of these, the, all of these things that get people's attention is a firework experience opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's just that most people are doing it the bro way instead of understanding the ninja tactics that actually make them work and convert right. because right. you can put on an event. And if no one shows up, doesn't matter how good your pitch is. You got to get people in the room and how better to do that than to create your own room. Yeah. And I, what I love about that is you know, marketers talk a lot about FOMO, fear of missing out. And I think there's a very fine line regarding how FOMO works. Because when we're talking about the bro marketer showing off his house and his SUV and all of that, there's definitely uh psychology and and mm. and playing against FOMO and you referenced NLP neuro-linguistic programming and and yeah. applying that in um a manipulative we way. agree the wrong way yeah. right and and so there's a whole FOMO thing going on there mm. but the FOMO thing there is you're going to miss out on riches. You're going to be, you know, if you don't, if you don't pay attention to me, you're going to be less than, yeah. and, and that fear of being rich, uh, of not being rich, of not finding out how to the become rich is what all those bro marketers are, are doing. Right. And, and what you're doing is creating an experience and yeah there's there's a certain element of oh i don't want to miss this but what it is that that they don't want to miss is the experience that feeling of connectedness that feeling of i'm going to learn something of value and so fomo can still be part of the psychology mm -hmm. of the marketing but there's yep. a massive difference between the fomo that the bro marketers are are using and what you have 
when you're building these fireworks experiences? Yeah. I mean, the emotional aspect is pretty big and we all know that entrepreneurship can be absolutely lonely, especially if you haven't found your tribe. And even if you found your tribe, who's going to say no to another amazing person in your network, right? Like it's just, it's part of what we're building. We're building community. And so we're meant to do this together, which is why, especially when someone's selling this, like, I'm going to teach you the secret that you, you know, that you will unlock all of your opportunity. I'm not against that as a messaging. I'm against someone delivering as far as a sales call. So a lot of what I see is someone sitting on the mountaintop and they're using what I've started to call lazy leverage. So they're wanting to create leverage in their business, but they're being really lazy about it. And what I mean is they're not actually delivering results. They've got two or three case studies of someone who was super special. And we all have super special people that have achieved results and they probably were gonna achieve them whether or not they were working with us, right? So I'm sure we contributed in some kind of way, but that person was on a mission. It's the consistency of results that I'm looking for. If your testimonial was from two years ago, that's a problem, right? If you've only got two or three people and it's the same two or three people showing up in all your marketing, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. So looking at, and if you're marketing and I, this, I hate this, these results do not constitute the typical results. Then put your typical results on your website, yeah. <laughs> set a real expectation of what I'm going to achieve. Like some people making $20,000 in 90 days would be amazing. And some people who yeah. see that that's the average, that's not the program that they should probably be in. Like yeah. state average. It's why on my testimonial page, I've got someone who's making 161,000 next to the person who made 39,000. Yeah. Those people are both ecstatic with their results because they have a process they can repeat. And that's not what bros are teaching. They're creating dependency. You'll unlock your potential if you reinvest. Right. You'll be able to achieve that next level of success. You just need to buy this. It's the constant upselling. Oh, I know I did tell you that I was going to solve all of your problems with this one program, but what you really actually need is this next level. <laughs> right. So clear up that credit card line for another $20,000 and let's really get to business. Yeah. You, in saying that, it reminded me of a story that, you know, give me the, give me the real results, the typical results. I was at a, uh, a digital marketing conference here in St. Louis a few years back. And these, uh, there was presentation on email marketing and I founded and ran an email marketing company, uh, email uh, service you provider company <laughs> uh, for 19 years. So I, I wanted to see what they were, what they were saying. And they presented a, case study in which they sent an email to the overall list and they tracked from that email who clicked mm -hmm. on something or other and they didn't tell us how many people opened the first email but what they told us is they sent a follow-up email to the people who clicked. Now that in and of itself is not bad strategy. That's actually good, decent strategy. You're segmenting, you're showing, you're following up just with people who have shown interest, all good so far. Right. But then what they did is they plaster the stats of that second email all over the screen. And they had something like a 65% open rate on the follow-up email. Well, it, if, if you do email marketing and, and it depends on your list and a, a number of factors, but yeah. email open rates might be in the 10% to 20% range. If it's a big and, and not uh, right. a super engaged list, 20% plus can feel pretty good depending yeah. on, on your list. 30% really good, 65% 
off the charts, except if you're doing a very targeted follow-up to people who have engaged 24 hours later on an email. It, you would expect to have that kind of open rate, but they didn't say any of that. What they did is they plastered on the screen a story about our system generates open rates of 65%. And then they literally said to this crowd, if you would like to get open rates of 60% or higher, you need to talk to us. And I was just like, oh my God, this is, you know, I, I wanted, it was a live event and I wanted to raise my hand and stand up and just say, you are peddling bullshit. Stop it, please. And, and it's, that's going on all over the place, citing the two people who got rich doing mm -hmm. whatever it is you mm -hmm. do. Share typical results, tell the real story, be honest. You don't have to trick people. Right. And, uh, you know, we see eye to eye on, yeah. on that. I mean, it, it, and this is what happens is that these bro marketers have an audience and they have market share. So people are going there and then they're learning this and then they're going, wow, this works. And what's happened is, is that even that strategy in that email was probably sent years ago where the mm -hmm. industry and the time frame was different and the behavior was different. And so right. they're still peddling an old case study, which it's not wrong if someone's made a certain amount of money, if the stats are legit, but give it context. And what's happening is, is, and this is what I see, which is now we are, they start creating copycats, pun intended. So basically they're on stage, they're teaching the strategy. Someone buys a program, they learn the concept. And then all of a sudden they are a guru in their field and they go out and then they teach their audience that same concept. And someone in that audience then start, and it perpetuates. It's like the perfect pyramid scheme. That's never going to get like caught by the feds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's the bro pyramid scheme. That's right. So and, and go ahead. Yeah. So they keep perpetuating this. And so basically what they do is they establish that this is the way marketing works. This is the way to get clients is to use this, these squinty numbers, right? It's those numbers that work if you squint um, and be able to make it, you know, like maybe beer goggle numbers or whatever. But there's a, when you talked about it, there is an energetic alignment in how you show up. If it doesn't feel good, then you're not going to do it. If someone's forcing you into a strategy that you're not 100% in alignment with, then either reconcile that alignment so that you are in alignment with it or identify that that is not the thing you should be doing. Because all of this sales, marketing, it's all an energetic exchange. And yeah, we're going woo. But if you're not confident in what you sell and what you do and how you show up, you're not going to sell, you're not going to show up, and you're not going to deliver. So yep. it really starts back at the fundamentals. And this is for six-figure owners, seven-figure owners, eight-figure owners. It doesn't matter whether you're selling or your team is selling. There needs to be this energetic alignment or you're not going to see the results. And every aspect of your business should be a profit center. It's not a yep. cost center. So yep. if there's a piece that's dragging things down, that's the opportunity to look at. So yeah, two really powerful things in what you said. First of all, you, you got into that responding to the the whole copycat thing that the bro marketers you know hey, copy exactly what i'm doing so. <laughs> and, and i'll go back to your answer to my question when i asked yeah. you about fireworks your instinct wasn't to say oh, okay well i do this thing you know and then mm -hmm. describe the thing because what even even when you are working with somebody who is perfectly ethical who's delivering real fireworks experiences you don't want to fall into that 
that habit of just saying, oh, okay, uh, I see somebody I like and trust and who's, uh, who's authentic and so forth doing this, so I must copy that. Right. Because to your point, Kat, it might not be the thing for you. It might not be the thing that you can energetically invest in that's aligned with what you're best at. So I think that that it's super, super important to pay attention to, to mm. that point that Kat made that it's not whether you're dealing with the bros or you're dealing with the unbros like cat copying isn't the game mm -mm. it's recognizing what you're best at and drawing lessons and examples from the the kinds of programs that cat right. can introduce you to and choosing which one works best for you and your audience. That's, that's the that's, first, there's thing. a point important aspect there, which is choice. It's why I provide multiple options for people and why basically yep. they, I look at like within 30 seconds, I know the exact strategy that someone should be using. I've already, I know exactly their selling style. I also see an opportunity that they're probably not selling the way other people buy just side mm -hmm. note. Uh, so if you're listening, pay attention to that, but really looking at being able to quickly identify that. And then the rest of our time together is about implementing the strategies, of course, double checking to make sure it's in alignment, but it's yep. why I provide seven different strategies. I'm not saying go implement all seven. I'm saying, try one, let's tweak it. Let's this, let's, you know, monetize it. And if it's not in alignment, then let's do another or great. You've monetized this. Let's add another one. And I'm not saying do all seven, but there's probably two or three, which is the perfect recipe to be able to really one diversify your revenue stream. Cause the last thing you want to do is to be dependent on a single strategy for all of your money. We saw that happen, especially with the pandemic speaker businesses went down. People who get mm -hmm. blocked out of their ads go down real fast. So it is about being really smart with our business and aligning and identifying those strengths and giving you the what the the energetic option of choice. Yes, you can be in control of your business. No, you do not have to be forced to do one single strategy. Yes, you can change your mind. I'm not here to make you do a strategy. I'm here to help you get into action because that's where you make dreams come true. It's with the actions that support those things so that they're not always staying up in the clouds, but you're coming down to earth and realizing your legacy right now, that impact and having the revenue be a reflection of that impact. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Spot on. And and the second thing I wanted to emphasize, you used a word, it, it dropped it in there and people might've missed it, but confidence, confidence in mm. what you're delivering and how you're connecting with people is so critical. And I've consumed a, a bunch of your content and many, many months ago, I, I signed up for one of your things and the very first video that was part of this, I don't even, I, in fact, I know that you don't offer this thing anymore, but it's still part of the messaging that you put out there was mindset, mm -hmm. being confident, trusting yourself, believing in what you do. And, and I just would like to chat with you a little bit about why mindset is one of the first things confidence and clarity in what you're doing is such a critical aspect of creating the fireworks experience making those connections mm. with leads yeah so um i guess i'll use a story <laughs> yeah good so i was training for a tough mutter um and uh so it happened in august of 2021 <laughs> covid year two or whatever so <laughs> basically i was training for this thing i'm supposed to have a team member 
And I'm having to do, you know, all this extra efforting to get to a place where I'm relatively physically competent, not, or capable, I should say. I wasn't even sure that I was competent. I was just capable. I go to the event and my teammate, Mr. Flight, I now have to do this Tough mutter all by myself. This is a, this is an event that requires teamwork. You cannot complete these obstacles by yourself. It is physically impossible. You need someone to lift your booty up and help you back down. Mm. So, and you know, I'm not, I'm not svelte, <laughs> I will say. So there's, you know, especially for women, there's triggers around, you know, your weight and being helped by someone else. And I'm sure men have it too. Um, I just know my side of the story. And so I decided to continue to do it. And the reason was, is because the obstacles that were in my way weren't the physical ones. They were the ones that were in my mind. There were stories that I was telling myself that I couldn't do this, that I couldn't find someone, that no one was going to be willing to help me. And I found all those things because I had the willingness to believe in myself and then the opportunity to open up myself to things becoming a reality. And so really looking at what was the evidence that was showing me that I could do this versus leaning into the evidence that was readily available that I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Like lots of opportunities to say, you know what? No one will know. One of the things I did do though, is I made a public announcement. I made it my whole process. I documented as I was training, getting new shoes, all this stuff, because I knew I needed that accountability to be able to continue to move forward. And the reason was, is that part of me didn't, wasn't always confident in myself, but I needed other people's confidence so that I could continue to boost my own. And it's one of the things that I do with my clients is I believe in them so hard. I have so much confidence in their ability to deliver results that sometimes they don't have the confidence in their marketing. So they borrow it from me while they're building their own. So mm -hmm. that mindset aspect of things, it's because left to our own devices, we go back to a story, we go back to a trigger, we default to societal expectations that we're supposed to be conforming and being employees. And if we trudge hard enough and long enough, you know, we'll get the good life. And that's where mindset comes into play. That belief in yourself it's an internal, I mean, there's no better therapy than being an entrepreneur and doing yeah. that personal work. And we're not, you're, we're social creatures. We're not supposed to do this by ourselves. It's why we're always looking for that next thing that we're missing out on because we're missing that community. We're missing yeah. the people who believe in us. And when you find that, we've all found pieces of it. It's magical. You might even stay in a shitty program because the community is amazing. I know I did it once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, and so there there were a few things that you said there that segue to a really critical lesson. You casually mentioned training, new pair of shoes, and then right at the end, you talked about community. And the importance of those things is, is it, part of it is doing the mindset work and the mindset exercises self-affirmation, believing in yourself, meditating, whatever it is you choose to do, mm -hmm. those things are all critical. But none of that stuff works unless you bolster the journey with preparation, with systems, training, with mm -hmm. tools, the right shoes, with support, a community of people who believe in you and who reinforce what you're doing. So the the mindset work is so critical but what you're also bringing to this is that combination of systems habit development the right tools the community support that 
re it, it becomes just a reinforcing circle. Right. You have the mindset, you believe, but then you have to put those things in place. And that's a critical part uh, I know of what you bring to your clients. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, people, and this I think is one of the, the biggest things when it comes to marketing, it's a lot of times people are looking for that magic solution. And I'm gonna go ahead and reveal all the secrets right now and then people are done. Yeah. It's the way you're talking about what you do and you, the community, the, the listener, whoever it is that you might know, how you deliver results. There are yeah. so many times that people are talking about, I help you get clarity. People don't buy clarity. It's not tangible. When someone is in a reactive state, which here's another big bomb. Most people buy when they're in crisis. Once mm -hmm. you reconcile that and understand that when they're buying, they're buying because they're in a place of lack, then you can start looking at, well, what helps you get into a place of, you know, neutral at least, right? Mm -hmm. That's all mindset. Has nothing to do with, with skill set. Most people know how to do everything already. They need a little bit of help understanding a little bit more, but it's really about doing the work. Well, what's preventing you from doing the work? Nobody but you. You know what you should be doing and you're not doing it. That's the problem. That's why you need that accountability, that support, the mindset work, because it helps you overcome the obstacles that are in your mind, not the obstacles that are actually physically in front of you. Because the obstacles in front of you are pebbles. And so really it comes down to how do you talk about what you do in a tangible way that helps people understand that there's something that they will have in their hands mm -hmm. to be able to walk away from if they decide to stop working with you. And most people talk about these flowery, fluffy things because they're filling up the void with words that don't actually really drive value because they're right. not standing in their own value. Yeah, yeah, I completely, completely agree. And and you know, one thing I would I would say, so the mindset thing um, comes into play with my clients when they say to me, uh, "I'm not a creative person. I'm not a storyteller." I don't have what it takes to create content. Tom, you're a storytelling genius. I'm not a storytelling genius. And I'm actually, as we speak, working on a new landing page where the copy tentatively is when people tell me I'm a storytelling genius, I tell them there's no such thing and that's good news. Um, yeah. Because what you've got that mindset and where I would just add to what you're saying is sometimes they have everything they need. Sometimes they don't. And mm -hmm. in the case of content creation, yeah. what, what I'm suggesting they can develop mm -hmm. and what they need is, is what we call story discovery. So we make the point that if you discover the story, if you really do the systematic work that anybody can do, you don't have to be magic, you don't have to be a genius, you don't need a muse, just do the systematic work yes. and gather the building blocks, then you can, as Eugene Schwartz says, assemble content, not write it or create it from scratch. And so that's where I see that connection yes. between the mindset, the clarity, the confidence, and systems and tools. Systems and tools give you a foundation on which you can set your belief that, oh, you know what, I can do this. It's yeah. not magic. The, I mean, the foundation is your your capabilities, right? It's that that clarity and what you're doing and who you're off, you know, who you're supporting and, and the value you're driving and all that. And the systems and processes for me, like really amplify, they cannot replace mm -hmm. what's not working. 
They only right. amplify what's not, and they can make what's working better, but it has to be working first. And I think, I mean, a lot of what I do is, is I infuse mindset as part of it because for most people just, they have the capability. It doesn't necessarily mean they have the ability, but they have the capability to learn the skill set because just by sheer fact of them desiring for them to mm -hmm. learn it and it can be there and it can be good enough. And you only need to get to good enough to identify that this is not what you want to do and you can outsource it, but you have to have some level of competence to be able to understand the value of outsourcing it and delegating it out to someone. It's why the, I'm not good at sales, I'm not good at marketing, I'm just gonna delegate it out doesn't work because then you don't have a pulse on what's going on and you don't have right. a direction. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, mindset is is the thing that most people need, but they don't buy. Um, yep. And it should be the, 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 it should be the inverse. They should be believing in themselves and they should be wanting to buy it and all that, that good stuff. Um, it's why I actually don't call, I think the, the coaching industry is just turning upside down right now with people call it's a disservice to call yourself a coach one, mm -hmm. because most people are not, aren't, aren't coaches. They're not actual, the essence of coach is not there. It's why I call myself a strategist because I infuse coaching capabilities as part of my process. But at the end of the day, people are looking for that tangible result and the fluffy, I will help you feel better isn't necessarily, and even people who are life coaches or executive coaches, there's tangible results that they provide. It's just that most people are afraid to stand by something because mm -hmm. when they narrow it down and they stand for something, then they feel they can't stand for other things. Yeah. So it is a, it, it does come back down to a lack energy of being able to really claim a piece of real estate and build your house on that. Yep. Yep. Kat, you know, we could, probably go for another hour, maybe two, maybe three. Uh, we, I feel like we're on such a roll, but I, I have to respect the, the time, the, uh, uh, the fact that, that these episodes, uh, can't be endless. And on that note, I want to turn it back to you and ask, where can people find you? Because this conversation is just getting started. And I want people to be able to find you so they can pick up where I left off and hear more about what you do, what you offer and whether it's a fit for them. So uh, tell people where they can uh, connect with you. Is it okay if I share a free gift? Is that? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like asking permission, right? Permission based yeah. marketing and sales. That's a whole other topic. So one of the things that I like to do is help people stack wins before they even continue. So I'm actually do a, a two part thing. So the first one is, is, the, you know, you want to get some more information, go to fullybook.co and you'll get instant access to a three part training. The first part is all about how to um, basically break out your one hour lead gen a day, because that's how much time it should be taking then no more than that, no less than that. The second thing would be all about how to put some social media swipe out there to help people you're already connected to, which you're already connected to at least 100K in, in your current network without adding a new person. So how to activate some of those relationships so people are raising their hand to say, yes, I wanna work with you. And then the third piece is all about how you lead someone through the invitation of working with you. And so it's my close script and it's how I and my clients have an 80 to 90% close rate. And um, guys, don't be afraid to turn a no into a yes, because that's where there's a lot of opportunity. Um, yep. So if you are a podcaster listening to this, again, you can find that fullybook.co. If you're a podcaster, I've got a podcast mixer for six and seven figure business owners, and you can find that and it's complimentary for now. <laughs> we'll see what happens in the future. And you can find that at leadbossmixer.com. Mm -hmm. Okay. So fullybooked.co. CEO. CEO, sorry. In your business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully booked.ceo. And then the mixer. 
is say it again, Kat. Sorry. Leadbossmixer.com. Leadbossmixer.com. And they also can find you on LinkedIn and other yeah, I mean, media. I'm I'm I give reasons for people to come to connect, but obviously you can find me online if you can remember how to spell my name. I <laughs> get around the interwebs, so you should be able to find me on most any of the platforms. Yep. And we will share all of this in the show notes. And you can find those links if you're listening now. You'll find those links in the show notes or on the website. And Kat, I knew this would be a great conversation. I really mean it when I say, wow, we could just keep going and going. We're, we're just getting started. And what I really hope is that people go back, listen to this thing, because there are so many nuggets in it, and then take the step to reach out. If you believe that, that you have something to gain from connecting with Kat, I believe most of my listeners do. And so I hope they connect with you. I hope they take that next step. And Kat, we'll see you down the road. I'm grateful for the time we spent together. And uh, I really appreciate you spending some time here. Thanks for listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com slash resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails, download free business-building resources, and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com slash resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.